Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. At Firefly Willows LIVE, we're working hard to be your trusted source for fun, enlightening, and heart-centered information and community. And we're passionate about the art of transformative media, the new leading edge of communication in our highly connected, media-rich world. If you're passionate about facilitating change and you have gifts or ideas you'd like to share, come join us, host a show, or be a guest. Or connect us to an amazing speaker or teacher whose message is too good to miss. There's always room for courageous, knowledgeable changemakers, inspired artists, and new ideas. Let us know you're interested. Send an email to info at fireflywillows.com. We're Firefly Willows, L-I-V-E, helping you find and shine your inner light. Firefly Willows, L-I-V-E presents Healing Conversations. Featuring your host, Mildred Lynn McDonald. Good morning, everyone. This is Mildred Lynn McDonald, and thank you all for joining us for this roundtable. I'd like to welcome Heisey Lettimers in Menlo Park. Hello. John Caracella in Cupertino. Good morning. And Deb Caracella in Hayward, California. Good morning. The topic that we're going to explore is around the theme of acceptance. The rule of acceptance teaches us about the importance of listening and opening our spirits by giving away the need to control or change other people, the need to control things, or the need to control situations. And the source of this phrase is from Walking on the Wind, Cherokee Teachings for Harmony and Balance by Michael Garrett. So here are the three questions that I'd like to throw out to Hi-C, John, and Deb. Number one, does the rule of acceptance make sense to you? Second question would be, how do you practice the rule of acceptance in your life? And the third question is, is the rule of acceptance, in your opinion, in your experience, a discipline, a practice, or a mantra for you? Okay, here we go. Anybody want to jump in there? I like the semblance of control. I like the thought that I have a a handle on things, that if I set stuff up, if I follow my list, if I play by the rules, things will work the way they should, the way they ought to, the way they're supposed to. And I like that. I find that comforting. It doesn't always work, obviously, but I find that really living the rule of acceptance would probably be, it probably is, difficult for me. So I don't really practice it daily in my life. And for me, it would have to become a discipline, I think, because it's not a practice. It's certainly not a mantra because it's not something that I reflect on daily it's probably something that I fight more than I embrace. Can I throw a question out there, Deb? If control was at 100%, like you could control everything, where's your comfort zone? 10%, 70%? (laughs) You started on the low end. (laughs) 
going, oh, my goodness, I'm more like. <laughs> if control were actually something that was possible, yeah. I think probably somewhere between the, the 70 to 75%, I would like to imagine that I could actually control somewhere between 70 to 75% of what happens in my life and how I impact others and how others impact me. Mm, thanks, yeah. Mm-hmm. John or Hi C, anything to add? Well, I have spent a lot of time trying to come to grips with my control impulses, my desire to have control over things. And eventually I came to the conclusion that most of my control, my desire for control, was based around fear of what would happen if I didn't have control. And then I realized, you know, most of the time, control is an illusion. Even when we think we have it, we don't, because circumstances, uh, you know, the, the universe, we're flying through space at 500,000 miles an hour, exposed to anything and everything that could happen. So there really isn't a whole lot of control that I can assert in any kind of grand way. And all, you know, there's people, people and the environment and so on, just not controllable. Children, for example, are not controllable. <laughs> I eventually came to the place where I realized that I didn't really need control. What I needed was self-mastery. And I sum it up this way. The surfer does not control the wave. The surfer is the master of himself upon the wave. And so, you know, I relate that to the rule of acceptance in a similar way. It's like, as long as I am attentive to what is being offered, then I trust that there's always something to be, there's always a harvest if I'm attentive to what's being offered. It might not be what I want. It might not be what I had thought I wanted, but it's always fascinating and it always seems to be a gift in some way. So I think the rule of acceptance is increasingly a practice for me. It, it doesn't seem to have to be a discipline so much anymore. I kind of relatively quickly came into a place where as long as I was paying attention to what was being offered, and to my own reactions, I was able to navigate without feeling compelled to change a whole bunch of things. Now, I'm a very active person. You know, I'm an activist. I sign petitions, and I do all kinds of things to try to create change in the world. But I don't feel like I have the compulsion to control. And that's an interesting theme to explore. When you're attempting to create change versus when you're trying to control circumstances. And are those two things, two sides of the coin in relating to the question of acceptance? And John, I'd ask you the same thing I'd asked Deb. If the scale was zero to 100% control in your life, where's your comfort zone? I actually think it's pretty low. I think it's be somewhere between, I would say, between 15 and 25%. Okay. Maybe maybe 20% is a good is a good place to put it. Okay, and that feels good to you. That feels natural. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
Thank you, John. And hi, C. First thing that struck me, especially when Deb was talking, is that I think that what sometimes when people hear this rule of acceptance, what it triggers for them is we have to be really careful about finding ourselves using words like should be, ought to be, needs to be, because that starts to imply that I can't accept, I can't be happy with, I can't deal with something as a, unless the person or the situation or the thing is the way that I have determined would be best. And, you know, I think it speaks to both the wording in one of the quotes that you had from the Walking on the Wind, the Cherokee teachings, because there it says that we're giving away the need to control whether it's people, things, situations. But it's that that word, I think, is very important, is, is need. When we need to control it, then it's in a place that is unhealthy and really not doable because there are too many factors outside of us that we can't control that can play into us feeling as if things are out of control or that we have no control over anything. And so it, it that quote actually made me think of from Buddhism the idea of non-attachment because the rule of acceptance for me is really saying don't attach to any particular expectation or outcome and like John was saying the only thing we really have control over is our own response to things so it's not that we don't try to make a change or don't try to take action on something, but we do it not with the attachment to the expectation of an outcome, but with the idea of this is my response to it. I will do this and then I will see what happens. If it turns out in a way that I had hoped or thought, then great. And if not, then instead of me suddenly getting angry or lashing out, or looking for someone or something else to blame, I'll simply adjust my response to what has happened, rather than continuing to try to control it to be the way I think it should be. I will simply work on controlling my own response so that I can accept. Because, like John was saying, sometimes things don't go the way we expected or thought that we that they should But if we're going back to that rule of acceptance and able to appreciate the value of everything, then we're able to see the benefit or the value in something not necessarily being or going the way that we thought it should. And whether that's because we learn something from that, whether that's because something better comes out of it that we hadn't been able to anticipate or envision, but it's that willingness to do what we can, accept that that's enough, but not do it in a way, just like when they talk about in relationships, not trying to change the person. But that doesn't mean we don't sit down and have a conversation about an issue or something that may be bothering us or whatever. But we can choose whether we're going to continue to scowl at the person and in our own heads constantly be thinking negative things about them because they always, I'll use the cliche, they always leave the lid off of the toothpaste. Or are we going to be in control of our response and accept that this person leaves the lid off of the toothpaste? That doesn't really change anything. So is it worth me 
creating all sorts of negative energy or anger or issues around something that really has no bearing on anything. And the value of that could be that we learn to relax a little bit because we realize, you know, even though that lid's not on the toothpaste, doesn't mean that I don't like the person. Doesn't mean the person is bad. Doesn't mean that the sky suddenly falls, even though I usually put it on the toothpaste. So that, to me, is where we need to look at both the wording that they gave us, which I think is very important, the need to control. And that's where we have to loosen our grip and let go and recognize the only control we have is over our response to something. And we simply need to focus on how we control that rather than trying to control the external things. And I see, I throw this out to you, as with John, as with Deb, on a scale from 1 to 100, where's your comfort zone for level of control in your life? Well, I would have to look at it on two levels, because <laughs> if I looked at it in terms of control over my response to things, then it would be 100%, because I don't want to ever think that I am feeling a certain way and the cause or the blame goes to something or someone outside of me. And the second? Well, and then the other aspect would be very low. It would probably be like 20, 25% because it would just be the idea of not so much needing to control it, but simply trying to bring about some sort of grasp on it. Yeah, order as opposed to chaos. Yeah, But not being attached to the fact that if it doesn't get ordered in the way that I'm hoping, that goes back to my 100% control over my own response. Right. So that I don't freak out, wig out, or try to force or push something into being the way I think it should be versus being able to release that grip. And for myself, my phrase that I learned, at least it makes sense to me, it's a mantra, it's if it goes left, great, if it goes right, great. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. for that, my comfort zone with control, I'd say it's somewhere around 30%, and I'd always have to add in the fun factor. Mm-hmm. I've found from experience, the less I've tried to control, the more, as Heisey said, the more relaxing, and I would add fun, it becomes, because you're creating a space for what's not apparent to you to come in. Right? Left is great, right is great. So I'd like to thank Hi C and John and Deb for sharing their deep and honest insights about acceptance. And also I'd invite our listeners to think about the level of acceptance that's appropriate for them in their daily lives. And if this particular topic triggers anything for them, if it does, it's an excellent opportunity to examine that belief. Also, use the example of on a scale from 1 to 100, what level of control in your life is comfortable. You may decide that you'd like to shift that, and you may decide maybe you don't. The rule of acceptance teaches us about the importance of listening and opening our spirits by giving away the need to control or change other people, the need to control things, or the need to control situations. So thank you very much, John, Hi C, and Deb. Stay tuned for the rest of the show. Well, thanks, Mildred, then. Thanks, Mildred. Have a good morning. Thank you. 
Well, that's our roundtable for this week. Many thanks to Mildred Lynn McDonald and participants Deb and John Carousella and Heisey Lutmers. We hope you found this roundtable discussion engaging and thought-provoking. If you would like to join the conversation, visit facebook.com slash fireflywillows and add your comment under this week's roundtable post. Stay tuned. We hope you're enjoying this broadcast of Firefly Willows L-I-V-E on Blog Talk Radio. For information on Firefly Willows, please explore our website, fireflywillows.com, or like us on Facebook. Mildred Lynn McDonald, and I'm your host for Healing Conversations, live from Sebastopol, California. Thank you for joining us today. If I said, may the magic of trees be in your life, what would that mean to you? Is there something innately healing about the energy of trees that we've yet to discover? Perhaps even the potential to help us restore harmony, balance, and well-being in our lives. To answer these questions and many more, we'll be joined by Celine Cloutier, co-founder and acting president of Canadian Forest Tree Essences, based in Gatineau, Quebec, Canada. The website is www.essences.ca. You'll love Celine. She's passionate about the mind-body-spirit healing capabilities of trees. In fact, she's dedicated her life to sharing the sacred information through the creation of homeopathic tree essences using a process similar to the one pioneered by Dr. Edward Bach of Bach Flower Essences. During the show, she'll delight us with her personal journey, walk us through the philosophy behind tree essences, explain how tree essences are made, and school us on their healing benefits. You'll love it. Celine Cloutier's background is in special education, psychology, conflict resolution, and mediation. This is combined with 30-plus years of experience with natural health, and it all comes together to give her an intuitive and knowledgeable perspective on overall well-being. This morning, Celine will be joining us from beautiful Quebec City in Canada, so let's give her a warm and enthusiastic welcome to the show. Celine. Hello. How are you? I'm great. I'm wonderful. I'm, uh, as you mentioned, I'm sitting in Quebec City where the carnival just started last night or the night before, and we just got lots of snow, and it's absolutely magic. <laughs> How are you? I am excellent, and the reason why is because I am sitting in Sebastopol, California. I woke up at 6 o'clock this morning to the sound of pitter-patter of raindrops, because as you know, we've been pretty parched and dry down here. Mm -hmm. I was absolutely thrilled, 
and my thoughts went out to the farmers and the people who own the vineyards and all of nature, including the trees. So it sounds like we're both in a really good spot. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> we had more snow last night and now you have rain, so all is well. Celine, I'm so happy to hear your voice and have you on the show because I really feel that people today, people all over the world, need to hear the message about the trees, the message that you've been gifted and honored in sharing. But before we get into that, before we get into the Canadian forest tree essences, I'd love for you to share a little bit about yourself and how you developed your love for trees. Mm-hmm. Well, I have been privileged to had a father who passed away a few years back now who left uh, an amazing gift. Uh, he built uh, an amazing log cabin when we were little. And so since I was two, three years old with my braided hair in the forest, uh, we watched this cabin uh, go up being built with trees that my dad cut on our on the property. And we used to peel the trees so he could make our beds and, you know, create the whole structure, and spent all of my summers through young age, through young teens, just living and enjoying, and it's just in front of a little river where we spent two months. My mom used to wait for us after school, and she'd have everything ready, and we'd leave for two months, lived in our bathing suit, so we were surrounded by trees, and by also the rhythm, the natural rhythm of the summer, where we'd pick wild berries and wild blueberries and strawberries, and she'd make pies, and all of the senses and all the the memories that come around, that go around that. So the cabin, we still have it. It's 50 years old, and actually some... Some guys left today to remove some of the snow from the roof because there's so much snow there. So it's about um, 45 minutes from my uh, my parents. I'm at my mom's house right now, and I'm sitting. Another memory was a tree that my dad planted when we moved into our home. I was five years old, and he planted the blue spruce. I love the blue spruce. It's part of our essences as well and that tree became the tree that we jumped over that we sat around that we watched the birds come and and visit and squirrels became our outside christmas tree because we had one inside and outside with the snow over and now it's beyond way up passing the roof and it's become a root it's become comforting we always say go to the big blue tree at the house to find our place Mm -hmm. so it's always been there, always, and through the years, walking to parks and then meeting the person that originally started the essences. And then to me, it was a natural. It was natural. When you were a little girl, when you were in the trees, did it ever occur to you that this would be a passion in your life? No, absolutely not. But I was attracted always as a little girl of taking care of of people. As a young teen, I was babysitting. I was always concerned with and saddened when I saw people not happy or that I had in my heart. And going to college, studied in special education. As an adult, wanted to know more, so did psychology and then 
uh, I was attracted to problems, and I loved <laughs> problems and conflict. So I, uh, not that long ago, went and studied in mediation conflict resolution. And there is a knowing that, there was always a knowing that there had to be something else in conflict. So I was always curious and used Bach essences. We'll talk about this later. And when mm-hmm. I encountered this project, I thought this was part of the part of the puzzle. I was on the website, and what captured my attention was your phrase, may the magic of trees be in your life. Can mm. you share with our listeners, what are you trying to get at there? What is the magic of trees? Well, you know, we must remember that trees are the oldest beings on this planet. They surround us. We use them in celebrations and tradition, like the Christmas tree, uh, traditions of apple picking in the fall, and in your region, you know, the wine and the grapes, and it's all part of it. And the maple syrup in the spring, they're part of our life, and whether we are aware of it or not, they have an effect on us. We feed from us, they give us wood, but they also have an effect on us. When we want to replenish ourselves and when we want to rest, it seems like the trees are a natural a natural friend, a natural presence. And remembering this even heightens the magic that they can bring into our life. Actually, my brother is visiting. It's on my mother's birthday this weekend as well. So we were talking about, and his expertise is he works with experts in taking care of maple trees, but also making the best of it and getting the best out of a maple tree and supporting it so it stays healthy and so on. And so he teaches people how to tap into the tree in a natural and respectful way so that you get the most water because it takes so much maple water to make maple syrup, which is to me like gold. And when he shared that uh, with me, that brought me to think the same thing about what essences are about and what the trees and their energy and what we make into essences and we'll go into how to make them. But it's almost like when we take the essence of trees into our being so that it also gets you know brings the best out of it so we tap into the best part to get the most light from our being I like that. I remember tapping the maple syrup trees myself mm-hmm. in Gatineau, Quebec, and it was just breathtaking. I'll always yeah. remember that. So when you're talking about your brother, I was getting warm chills up and down my back, <laughs> going back to that beautiful memory. What mm-hmm. I want to really pinpoint is, in your opinion, how do people feel in the presence of trees? And if you could share some examples of connection with trees or senses of inner peace or awakening, I think that'd be really valuable for our listeners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I When I give classes or I talk in a, a presentation, I ask people, do they feel the difference? You know, I like it coming from them. Do Do they feel a difference when they're, for example, in the presence of a willow tree, a big, beautiful willow tree with branches falling down and it's almost you get this feeling of a comfort of protection 
And we know of willow trees being also in children's stories where you sit under a tree and you just feel that that connection of being guarded, protected. Versus when I speak of an oak tree, which I have one in front of my house that's about 100 years old, and the use of oak tree, we feel the presence of strength naturally because of its sturdiness and strength and and its presence, just the way it's built and so on. And yet the yellow birch that has high stilts with this gentle yellow skin brings the feeling of peace. So we have an essence called yellow birch, for example. People use it for meditation, for workaholics that need to... to uh, to slow down, and we met this wonderful yellow birch tree in a park, La, La Forêt Blanche in Quebec, and it sits in front, in the middle of a forest, and all around there's nothing. It's almost like it made space naturally, or all the trees, or call it whatever, so that people could sit around it to meditate. It's absolutely grand. And the maple, you know, when we think of the maple and the gold, the red, orange leaves, we have a feeling of joy. There is a different connection to each tree and each of them. When I made an essence of a beech tree, and I was outside the country, actually, uh, I traveled in Germany, and a beech tree was about a 1,000 years old, and there's a picture of it in our guidebook. And it's old, and I was really drawn to create an essence, made an essence from that tree. So I made the essence and came back home to Canada, then went to Nova Scotia. There was another beech tree. And I was drawn to the beech tree almost like as I was finding a cousin, an old friend from the one I had met in Germany. And the feeling of it, you can imagine the beech having lived a thousand years old, what it had felt, what it had, the resonance of the suffering and all the wars in all these years, but it stood still and became strong. And so when you speak of connection, it was almost like meeting when you meet the trees that you've met and connected with the trees. They're all connected together, and they all have the same kind of feeling. So I invite mm-hmm. everyone to sit by a tree and see what they feel. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. they can go out in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. and take a little walk and make a friend with the tree. Also, as you were speaking, it brought to mind a recent memory when I went into the redwood trees here in California. It's called Armstrong Woods. Mm-hmm. The connection for me, I felt I was in a cathedral. I had a similar sensation as when maybe I went into a sacred space in a church. When I spoke to you earlier you said something very beautiful. You shared that every tree has a song. Every tree has Mm -hmm. their own vibration. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about this. And I also, as a second part, would like to invite you to talk about the phrase you used, that the trees get the best out of us. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes when we explain what tree essences are about, people don't understand or don't know. And we often use an example that each tree has a vibration or a song. Each tree has a unique story. Each tree has a unique song. We like to think of each tree has an instrument of a specific, you know, a specific tune, a specific song or 
vibration. And when we bring them together to create a combination, for example, we like to think of it as a symphony. So that when we go to the forest, sometimes we may hear with our inner ears, we can hear a specific song or a symphony of several ones. And so when we want to make an essence, when we want to create, for example, um, a combination for soothing the heart, then we go and tune in to create the perfect symphony that will resonate within us to restore what is necessary to find soothing of the heart. So there are a particular tree that we, as I spoke earlier, that each have a specific quality or song. And it seems like when we bring them together, that symphony will come and vibrate within our own vibration and resonance to awaken that true potential within us. All that is available that you know within us because we deserve it all. It's our birthright to resonate and to sing all our songs to the utmost that we are. So the trees and the generosity, they bring the best. And what is the best? Well, the best of us is light, being our light, being in our power, in our balance, in love and strength, So when, for example, one feels stressed or confused or overwhelmed and going through transition, there's a symphony of trees called Millennium Journey that will bring poised and calm in the midst of those transitions or times of decisions and so on. Or, as I said earlier, your heart is broken so that the symphony and the trees together will bring the resonance, to bring that peace that we deserve. Mm. I know there's people listening, they're fascinated by the trees. And Mm -hmm. what I'd like to do is bring it back to a homeopathic model, similar to what Dr. Edward Bach of Bach Flower Essences has brought to the world. So from my understanding, with the Canadian Forest Tree Essences, it is related to the work that Dr. Bach has done. And Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you might talk about that a little bit. Then I'd love to know how many Canadian forestry essences Mm -hmm. are available. Okay. Well, we're thankful to Dr. Bach being the pioneer and with his discoveries so that it opened up the mind and the heart and the consciousness of people and so many people all over the world are using the back remedies from flowers. A psychologist in particular came across our essences and many, many people working with Bach are interested more and more with our essences. And the comment I get is, or the, the, the compliment we get is, that if Dr. Bach was alive, he would be proud of your work being a continuity of his work. So that was, that was really wonderful to hear. But Bach demonstrated the effect on the emotional states with the flowers. And the trees are similar, but being deeply rooted to the earth and reaching to the sky. They have simply a different energy, but they still work via positive from the resonance of the trees to our own resonance to find balance and well-being. The difference a little bit, just to to open up in that subject, is that the, the remedies from Bach 
They work with a particular challenge and wanting to bring balance and health. Also, people come and want to use essence because they're stressed and because they're, they're, um, they have low energy or whatever the challenge might be. But we like to think of the trees working from the light of the tree to our light. So, as I always said, bringing the best of the person as opposed to trying to fix. There's nothing to fix. All is underlying. All the possibilities are underlying. So we're not to fix. We're trying to, with the with the trees, it's trying to remind the being, the person, that all is there and we're just going to bring it to the surface. So it's always about awakening all our possibilities through the vibration. And we have... To answer your question, Mildred, of how many essences, we have over 125 trees. Now, Bach Mm -hmm. remedies are single trees. But to simplify it and to make it available as ready-to-take dosage bottles, so there's no mixing, it's all set up, we have 55 different essences. Actually, essences and good vibe sprays, so we can find out more if you're going to visit the site, the Vibe Sprays is for external use with some oils, and they're divine. They're fun to use. They're simple. But the essences are for internal use that you use in water or in your bottle of water or in your bath and so on. So they're divided in five lines. We have single essences, so single instruments, single vibration trees, we have combinations for life stages or specific emotional states. We have body synergies that correspond to emotional messages to the body systems. For example, digestive system, intestinal, nervous. You were speaking in the interview earlier about um, about your group, about the rule of acceptance mm-hmm. and control. There's a beautiful essence in the 12-body synergy that's called circulatory. It's about letting go of control. It's about allowing and letting life, letting life flow uh, naturally in our being. And about acceptance, there's a couple of others, but people can discover them as they go and visit. Then we have an amazing animal line uh, because animals have emotions too, and actually they work great on animals. And we have the good vibe spray for a total of 55 essences, Mildred. Wow. You've been busy. You've been very busy. I'm busy. Now, what, I'd love busy. To, <laughs> what I'd love to do, Celine, I'd love to go to a little break. We're going to have some beautiful music called Both Sides of the Tweed. And when Celine comes back with us, we're going to talk a little bit about what people can expect when they take a Canadian forestry essence And then Celine's going to share with us how Canadian forestry essences are actually made. I can't wait for that part. So how does that sound, Celine? Sounds great. We'll be back in about a minute. Thunder 
You're listening to Healing Conversations with host Mildred Lynn McDonald on Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. Find out more at fireflywillows.com. Enjoy the show. And we're back. Wanted to share with our listeners that you're listening to Healing Conversations. We have Celine here today talking about Canadian forestry essences, and we're going to go into what people can expect when they take the essences, and we're going to follow up with how the essences are actually made. So I'm going to throw the ball over to you, Celine. <laughs> I'm not shy to say that what people can expect is miracle and magic and that's actually it's from testimonials that I get from all over the world all over the world because I have people getting essences on the website from so many places so yeah and my own observation with clients that I follow or practitioners that share their work but basically really you can expect to reacquaint yourself with your power your will your strength and all that you deserve. You can expect to remember your own light, your own being. And you can expect to experience a balance and joy and love and health. I have many, many, many examples. There's one woman that had been struggling with her health, for example, with high pressure, with, and not to say that those will have any effect on the physical. It's we're speaking of something that works on the emotional, energetic, knowing that emotions have an effect on the body, and the body has an effect on the emotions. Well, this woman was 66. She had body physical issues, but she was mostly struggling with the weight issue. And I put her on a body image essence. It's called body image essence. Just that one. We can take three, up to three, four essences at once, but I started her on that. And after nine months, she had lost 45 pounds. Mm. Why? The essence don't make you lose weight, not at all. What it does is it brings your awareness and consciousness into why one sabotages their well-being or their health or their body. And so in going and bring that into light, her patterns started to heal, but her patterns started to change. And she started not you know, wanting to take care of the body, exercise or eat well. And after nine months, she was done and she stopped. And I still see her today and she's totally delighted. There's another woman who wanted to bring her business into her home. She was tired of working for other people and so on, and she used an essence called Ponderosa Pine, a single tree. And it was almost like it was almost like a kick in the butt. It was almost <laughs> like it, it, it is. It really is. I always say be careful that essence because if you're procrastinating and if you you have something that is lingering and you want to move forward, it really brings this courage to move and finally just the last one there's a mother and child 40 years old about and two young children the husband went on a bicycle ride and got hit by a car and died it was absolutely horrible they were deep in grieving and, and all you can imagine and she used healing the heart essence for grieving and for 
comforting and the children used also an essence called comfort reassurance and what it does is it it's not about changing the situation it's about supporting the impasse you know the supporting this transition or this difficult situation so we cannot control what comes away like one of the three people said on the interview we cannot control we can only see how we're going to be in that situation and react. And so those essences really were helpful for them, for that little family who have such a loss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now I want to find out the name again for the one for courage. Is it Ponderosa Pines? Yes, Ponderosa Pines. All right, listeners, Ponderosa Pines. (laughs) Ponderosa Pines. (laughs) I'd love to piggyback on that and go into how do you actually make these forest Mm -hmm. tree essences? How do you decide the type of tree, the quantity of tree essence? Can you take this through the process step by step? Absolutely. And by the way, making the essences, I love all the aspects of this project, and but making the essences and actually pouring the essence, because by the way, they're all hand handcrafted, hand-poured, one by one, with love and care, and we'll always, we always will. We'll just need more and more and more people to pour. You'll just need more loving hands. That's it, that's it, that's <laughs> it. But how they actually made, we select a tree that we're called upon or intuitively dreamed about or heard about, or we meet a tree. And then to decide whether it's the time or the tree to make an essence, then it's a project of co-creation with the tree. The trees speak, and it's about sharing their message as well. So we ask permission to that tree inwardly. And when one um, sits in silence, you know, we can hear so much. It's when we're agitated that we we pass by. But anyway, so we ask permission the tree. Sometimes it says to wait uh, to another time. Uh, we like to find the trees sometimes in the spring. It's a great time because they have the buds and it's very alive. But we've made essences in winter and falls, whatever uh, season. And then if it's the right time and there's permission, then we collect the gift of the tree. We don't hurt the tree. We don't harm it. The gifts, what are the gifts? you know, the buds and the fruits and the flowers of the trees. So many people don't know that there are very short time where there's flowers in trees, and we collect those, the the cones and bark, uh, whatever the gift is offering. We put it in water, spring water, because water is the messenger. It, It is what holds the memory of and the resonance of the tree. And we uh, we leave it under the tree, and we sit with it. We sit with the tree, and through a process of meditation, we hear, we take notes, we notice what's happening around, and we take pictures of the tree. So we have a collection of a recollection of what it feels like, what it looks like, and we can also share with other people. Then we return to our location, and we dilute to create a mother tincture, the same protocol as Bach, uh, that is, that we share, but then we have our personal protocol for the continuity of the process. And then we complete the information, 
the research and the use of trees, and we complete that part. And then we have a mother tincture ready to be used in an essence. Mm -hmm. And how do we decide? Well, for example, if I have a situation, uh, how do we decide that that particular tree essence that has, or that tree that has, offers flexibility or strength or forgiveness or then we look at a situation and what are the needs for today's lifestyle and then we call upon different tree mother tinctures intuitively, energetically to create an essence that will correspond to the needs. For example, one summer we went to this beautiful cottage uh, that was unbelievable. It was beautiful by the water. There were sunsets and there were trees and fruits all around. It was a perfect setting. And we had invited a family to, to come and visit us. And it was a chaotic situation. The family was confused. There was no communication. There was upsets and so on. And interestingly enough, there was this tree sitting in front of the cottage. And when they laughed, we strongly felt that we needed to make an essence with that tree, and out of that we created an essence for family relations, to heal the wounds, families that you know lack communication, and to open the heart to find the balance. Yeah, so that's kind of naturally how it happens. Mm-hmm. As you're doing this process, how do you feel? Like, what are the words that you could use to describe meeting with the trees? being quiet, listening to the message, developing the mother tincture. Yeah. Gratefulness, um, deep, deep love and uh, recognition, being, reminding us, you know, of the simplicity, um, remembering that trees, they don't have any problems living amongst themselves. They don't argue if they get too close or if they grow a branch bigger or smaller or better, nicer flowers. So it's a remembrance of the natural rhythm and the acceptance. Mm-hmm. The acceptance that we're lacking compared to the the natural, their way of being. They nev- there's never any discussions or problems. They just sing. And celebrate. So it's a it's a me. It's a feeling that uh, you know, remembering to celebrate each moment. Mm-hmm. And when you're working on this process, does time and space disappear for you? Does your vibration shift? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because you feel that you're not separate anymore. You're part mm-hmm. of of a whole. So okay. there's a moment, and it's about remembering the moment. Who uses Canadian forest tree essences and where are they available? And my other question, and I was thinking of this as you were talking, can you share what your most popular essences are? And you also alluded before, I'm giving you a full plate here, animals can use them too, so run Mm. with it, Mm -hmm. please. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, you're curious, you want to know it all, that's good. Um, People of all ages use essences, infants and to uh, young people, to adults. We have essence for all life stages, palliative care, 
through transitions and crises, sorrows and life stages. So I'm speaking of, yes, sometimes it's through difficult times or or stages, but it's also for people that wish to heighten their consciousness level or particular qualities, wanting to have more creativity, to have to go deep into their inner being. Our latest essence that was created, I call it my baby, it's the new light essence. And that light essence, actually I was inspired to create it and I was at the cabin in Quebec when the mother tinctures were chosen for that particular essence. And it's about removing frontiers from all so that we can have that fusion, that inspiration, that but mostly that light essence is about helping answer this question, who am I? So it's also working on the consciousness on the conscious level. But animals can use them as well, of course, because animals actually respond so naturally to the essences because they don't have the ego in the way. So the trees do their work, and there's no interruption. I can have essences work immediately on a lot of people. Sometimes it takes a few weeks, sometimes a few a few tries, because... Us beings, humans, we seem to be attracted a little bit more to our suffering. We kind of hold on to them a little bit longer. Where animals, they work immediately. So our animal rescue essence of all the 55 essences is the best seller, believe it or not. People love their animals. It's great. So they're for everyone. One time I had a client call and when she wanted to use an essence, she had an essence called, she had the essence called Animal Rescue. And she said, oh, I have my dog and I have to take him to the vet. And he's very nervous and, um, you know, how can I use it and what should I do? So I coached her a little bit on this. And then she said, and I'm so nervous as well. I'm afraid, you know, he's not well. And she says, can I use the essence? And I said, of course you can use the essence. But I said, you better be careful because, you know, you might start barking a little bit using it. (laughs) She laughed and it just brought down the level of stress. And I said, I'm just kidding. But I said, the trees are the trees. So we call them animal rescue or cat, dog, horse. But they're for everyone. So we can use all the essences on everyone. It doesn't matter. So she thought it was pretty funny. You asked where they're available. Well, they're in USA and in England, in Japan, in Canada, French Quebec, and they're available through distributors uh, and practitioners and stores and clinics. And for personal use, people can contact practitioners. There's a list of them all on the website, and you can buy them personally on the website at essences.ca. And for professional use, they can call uh, or email me as well. If you were asked, what are your three most popular, the three most needed, I guess, essences, what would you say? Well, one big issue is stress for people. And stress is, you know, we speak, uh, we hear about it all the time. Stress is one of the most important factor of disease and so on. So we have an essence called Millennium Journey for stress. And 
it's when one goes through a transition or has to make a decision or there's worries about the future. So that essence brings poise and calm in the midst of changes or transitions. So that one is actually its number one seller in the United States. Okay. It, it is. Right. Before that, we mentioned it's the animal rescue and one in Canada and other areas that is very, very popular is the changing woman essence. Because the other issue that women have is menopause. And menopause is a natural transition, but it can bring some emotional effects or emotional states that can be a little bit uncomfortable. Sometimes is uh, feeling tired, a little discouragement. Uh, but one of the symptoms is hot flash. So the changing woman has actually, by the way, has the most trees of all the essences. When we made the essence, when we created it, there were trees, more and more trees that wanted to be part of it. So just to say how complicated and complex menopause is, so there are 11 trees in that one. It's the only one. But when one uses it, it seems like, the confusion, the fog gets removed, and there's more acceptance and clarity using it. Those three would be the most popular. I mean, it's hard to choose. You know, there are others as well, but those are very, very popular, I must say. Mm-hmm. Thank you. What I'd love to do right now is take another little break, and yep. Celine, when we come back, I'd love to talk to you about primarily how to access you, either through classes or you mentioned your website, perhaps a newsletter, and mm-hmm. also want to talk to you a little bit about consultations on Skype Okay. and other goodies that you want to throw in there. So let's take a brief break, and then we'll be back in about a minute. Yes, we've added to our lineup of lively, thought-provoking shows, but don't forget... Our original Sunday morning lineup at 10.30 a.m. Join us for Healing Conversations with Mildred Lynn McDonald every first Sunday. Revolution with Heisey Ludmers every second Sunday. Convergence with John Carousella every third Sunday. And our popular on-air call-in show the fourth Sunday of every month. We're excited. Give us a listen as we continue to create new and entertaining ways for you to shine your inner light. Join us at Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. And we're back again with Celine. Right. And we're going to talk about connection, primarily how to connect with mm-hmm. you. <laughs> so let me Thank you. You mentioned it. You're welcome. So you mentioned that you have a website, and that's www.essences.ca. Mm-hmm. There is a newsletter, so how would someone access that? Um, you can go on the website and sign up for the newsletter. We send it four times a year, so uh, it's easy. Just put your email and you're you're signed up. Okay, and classes? I know people want classes. Mm-hmm. We have classes available in the U.S., in Canada, in French Quebec, and the classes are about discovering, discovering the five lines, and we have a program for that. The second level is about mastering for the practitioners that are already using other types of products but that want to integrate 
or want to deepen their understanding on essences, we talk about uh, case studies and how to integrate them. And then we have a third level called experiment essences, and they're more like workshop. For example, walk in the forest and essences and understanding or um, different subjects on creativity and essences and so on. So those are offered as well. Besides the classes, we have a guidebook for self-tutoring as well because people have taken many, many classes in so many different fields and those are not, the classes are not about teaching how to do what you do best, but it's about integrating the essences. So sometimes the self-tutoring through the guidebook or Skype training the Skype training is for new practitioners that want to integrate them. So that's easy, and it's just so wonderful about the technology to be able to connect from people all, all over. Someone could be listening, and they say, I would love to talk to Celine about the essences. Would it be possible to have a one-on-one consultation? What does that look like? Okay, so the Skype, they're used two ways for training for practitioners, mm-hmm. but I also, as you mentioned, offer the emotional health consultation one-to-one, and how that works is it's about one to one and a half hour, and it's a conscious dialogue between the two of us, and it helps to discover what's in the way of a total well-being, to tap into that joy and balance and through the exchange, having those ah moments, you know, like those moments where you go, oh, my God, and realizing what's in the way. And with the consultation, sometimes I offer the meditation techniques and I may offer also an essence program to support the work that they're wishing to do. So that's as simple as that. And to to contact me, then they can email or go on the website. It's cfte at essences.ca or celine at essences.ca. With the consultations, is that something that you do a little bit of or moderately, or how does that look? Um, I do a fair bit. Mm -hmm. I would like to eventually dedicate more time to consultation, but right now I must say it's about 85, 15, 85 the whole project and 15% consultation. Um, I do many consultations. People call or email all the time about what essence do I need and then we take a few (laughs) minutes and then (laughs) and we do that. But I do keep sometimes so many hours a week to to answer the need of consultation one-to-one. I just love it. I know, I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> and the lucky person who would be connected <laughs> with you. 2014 is here. Mm. What's coming up for you this year? Mm, love it, love it. Um, new markets. We're working with Peru right now and offering the classes and teaching, bringing the essences to in Spanish which is wonderful, in Italy as well, in Europe, France, creating new material, going with the new technology, so webinars and uh, YouTubes and downloading information, and who knows, maybe a radio show, eh, Mildred? Yes, yes. <laughs> well, anything uh, I can do. 
So all all new possibilities. Basically, the vision is to see the essences in the tree and the vibration offered to uh, to the world, so that people people can benefit and they can they can enjoy um, their life and enjoy the the gifts from the trees. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wrap things up in just a moment, and I'm going to give you a second to think about this. If there's any last feelings or thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners, like inspiration or insights or tips, and as you're putting your heart into that, I selected a song. It's called Fairies Under the Lemon Tree. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you that question. Sound okay with you? Sounds wonderful. Listening to Healing Conversations with host Mildred Lynn McDonald on Firefly Willows L I V E. Find out more at FireflyWillows.com. Enjoy the show. Celine, we're back. Hmm. Wonderful. Did you have a chance to think or feel about something you'd like to share with our mm. listeners? Mm. Well, I guess that I always like to share about what I'm passionate about and I'm passionate about people, I'm passionate about consciousness and truth. And I guess since I was little, I always knew that resides a sacred space within all of us. And having had the privilege to touch that sacred space, there's a knowing, there's a knowing that it's available for all of us. And I guess this is why... I'm inspired to continue this work. I'm inspired to continue this work because I encounter more and more people that have the yearning to be and the yearning to find that that light within. And I love it. If I was to share in my work of consciousness and meditation as well, because I have some groups and I also coach people in meditation, I invite people to um, take a time and sit back and observe in true consciousness, in presence, to observe the outside, but to observe what's happening within so that you can reveal yourself daily and mostly to celebrate the moment, each each moment. That's what I would have to share. And Mildred, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart to have invited me and that we met again, and it's such a pleasure to to share with you and to have, yes, to have met you again. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Celine. And hopefully that means that you will entertain the idea of coming back on the show. Oh, well, that would be a pleasure for sure when people want to hear more about the tree essences. 
Canadian Forestry Essences. The website is www.essences.ca. Celine is very warm and engaging, and you would not go astray by contacting her about the tree essences or the other wonderful work that she's doing. And to end the program today, I also found another little song, Celine. It's called Forest Elves. How appropriate. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. This program was brought to you by Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Carousella. Please join us next time on Firefly Willows L-I-V-E for From Beyond with mother-daughter psychic mediums Nadia Shapiro and Dr. Barbara Williams. Saturday morning at 10 a.m.